May I speak in the name of our living and loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of you may remember a film from the end of the 1990s called Sliding Doors, which starred Gwyneth Paltrow as the lead actor. It was an intriguing tale of a woman whose life could have gone in one of two different directions, dependent on whether or not she caught a particular underground train. The film tells in parallel two alternative futures for this woman, and I'll not give away any more of the plot in case you've not seen it and still wish to. What I like about the film is how it draws attention to the implications of the choices we make and how at different times in our life there are moments when we face, as it were, a fork in the road. We will not always have a clear idea of where the road might lead, and all we can do is use our best judgment at the time. The outcome will only be discovered further down the line. You might, for instance, be able to recall a time in your own life when you were faced with a choice between two different courses of action. In hindsight, you may feel that the right choice was made, or equally, you would have acted differently if only you could turn back the clock. There are also times when circumstances beyond our control shape the direction of our life. Not everything that happens to us is up to us. On the downside, such things as an illness or bereavement, the loss of a job or a home. On the upside, such things as meeting and falling in love, with the person who becomes your life partner is not usually something that is planned, at least not in Western culture. Or maybe there is an unexpected promotion at work. But whether they are choices we make or things that life throws at us, there will be moments to which we can look back and wonder how life might have turned out for us had a decision we took or an event that happened to us been different. Today in our Gospel reading, we hear about the baptism of of Jesus, kept on this second Sunday of Epiphany. I believe this was one of those fundamental moments of transition in Jesus' life, when he took a decision that set the course for his earthly ministry, that would take him through his passion and resurrection to ascension and glory. The last we heard about Jesus in any of the Gospel accounts was the time when, as a 12-year-old boy, he had been left behind unwittingly in Jerusalem by his parents, only to be discovered by them in the temple, discussing things with the teachers of the law. Nothing else is written about Jesus until the time when, around 30 years of age, he appears and presents himself among the crowds who were being baptised by his cousin John. We don't know for sure what happened in Jesus' life during those intervening years, though we can make some reasonable assumptions. The Gospel of Luke tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favour. He would have lived with Mary and Joseph and learned from Joseph the trade of a carpenter. It seems likely that Joseph died during those hidden years, as nothing else is mentioned about him in the Gospels. So Jesus would have cared for Mary and looked after the carpenter's shop. He would have steeped himself in the faith of Israel, its scriptures and traditions, 
and sat at the feet of the synagogue leaders to listen, learn, discuss, and debate with them. He would have become familiar with the social and political issues of his day and know what it was to live in a country under occupation. And all the while, all the while, I believe Jesus would have been listening to the voice of God in his life as he sought to discern both his true identity and his call. How Jesus must have wrestled with those questions. Perhaps within the limitations of his humanity, he went through struggles and doubts in coming to terms with his identity as Son of God. Was he going mad? Or was it inevitable that one who was fully human should have that inner conflict to work through? Jesus' mother Mary must also have experienced such moments of doubt in her own life when it was announced to her that she was to bear the Son of God. But like Mary, Jesus worked through the turmoil that was part of him coming to terms with his mission, and he set out for the Jordan. Jesus would have known about the ministry of John the Baptist as he called people to a baptism of repentance in preparation for the coming of the long-awaited Messiah. John would also have known the stories about his cousin Jesus, about his birth, and what happened in the temple when he was 12 years old. I like to think they might also have known each other well through their teenage years, but we don't know how close they were. In any event, when Jesus presented himself for baptism by the River Jordan, John was left in no doubt that in Jesus the Messiah had arrived. For Jesus, we know it was not a baptism of repentance. He was the sinless one. Instead, it was a way of identifying himself with his people and to the mission for which he had been sent. Perhaps also, Jesus was hoping that he would receive some confirmation of what was stirring in his heart by undergoing a baptism. Any doubts about his call, any apprehension about stepping out of the anonymity of life in Nazareth and into the public gaze would have been dispelled in that point, at that point through the affirmation received from God immediately after his baptism. Though doubts would surface again in the Garden of Gethsemane, a growing awareness of his divinity would in no way diminish the reality of his humanity. Matthew tells us that when Jesus had been baptised, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Several centuries before the doctrine of the Trinity was forged in the councils of the Church, Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism makes reference to all three persons of the Trinity. We hear about the voice of the Father from heaven, the Holy Spirit symbolized in the form of a dove, and Jesus the one being baptized. We can only imagine what that affirmation of Jesus as the Son of God meant to him at the outset of his ministry. There would have been challenging days ahead, and Jesus moved forward from that point. He would become increasingly aware of the fate that would befall him 
if he remained faithful to the mission which he had been called to and to the proclamation of the kingdom of God to which he was to bear witness. I'm sure that there were occasions in Jesus' life when perhaps in those brief moments when he managed to find some time alone, he was able to look back on his baptism and know that his decision to step onto the public stage was the right one. The baptism of Jesus was a decisive moment that set the direction for the rest of his earthly life. And the rest is, quite literally, history, or more precisely, his story. Like Mary's yes to God's call to bear the Son of God, Jesus' baptism was his yes to God's call for him to give his life for the salvation of the world. Thank God that both said yes. It is beyond us to imagine the consequences had either made a different choice. So what might we draw from this to encourage us in our own journeys of faith as we seek to follow in the footsteps of Jesus? Particularly in those times when we feel unsure about a decision or a direction in life. Perhaps the most important thing is to place our trust in God. That is not to say that we should blindly step into the unknown. Christian faith is not reckless. It is more about making informed decisions that weigh up the pros and cons while listening to the prompting of God's Spirit within us. Sometimes it is stirring of our conscience or an inner conviction that pushes us in a certain direction even though that might feel scary and an easier or less risky option more attractive. Cultivating that attentiveness to God is a life's work to which there is no end point. As Jesus wrestled with what God was calling him to throughout his earthly life, not just in the time leading up to his baptism, but right through until his crucifixion, we as his followers are called to do the same. We must be ready to ask questions about our faith and how it relates to whatever comes our way in life. We need to remain open to the possibility that the road on which God is calling us to walk might not be the easiest ground over which to travel. We need to remember that God will never force our hand and that the choices we make in life are our own. For all of us, the challenge is to live lives in which we do all that we can to deepen and strengthen our faith in God. Through immersing ourselves in the Scriptures, through regular participation in the Eucharist, through a regular life of prayer, and through exploring our faith with others, we grow in our understanding of God and of God's call on our life. In so doing, we become more able when faced with those profound moments of decision that life brings our way, to trust in God for whatever the future then brings and not reproach ourselves for what might have been. And then, when we look back on our life to those significant choices we made along the way, we can do so knowing that we did all we could to make the right ones. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.